Guys, people, on today's show, we talk about business. Yes, that's right. All things business. I break down business from the standpoint of a foundational level. We talk about business in scripture. We go into business from a Hollywood headline perspective and also a corporate perspective. This is going to be a good show. Pull out your pen and your pad. Like, get ready to take some notes and sit back, relax, and enjoy this inspiration. Inspiration, now in session. Inspire guys, people. My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? I can't believe y'all let me have a show. We going higher and higher, let me inspire you. Guys, people, I see you, let me admire you. He gave you vision and purpose, but you struggled to dream. Cause the seed that was sown wasn't stitched in your genes. What was in them was denim. I guess what's in them is in them. There's a different perspective that I'm trying to present them. It ain't always peace when you see the peace sign. It don't make you a Levite cause you rock Levi's. What's up, people? I am your host, Jay Will. And I would like to welcome you to Inspire God's People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. Welcome to my last show of 2020. Ooh, did the pause get you? Uh, hey, did the pause get you? Yeah. All right, so this is my last show of the year. Um, I decided finally after a hundred and uh, this might be a, uh, I can talk, I can talk maybe episode like in total 115, but this is episode officially 105. But yeah, man, I decided that, you know, I'm going to take a three or four week break and it's not really going to be a break because I'm going to be planning for the show, uh, for 2021. I think I'm going to come back the second week of January. That's the plan right now. Um, and yeah, for a couple reasons, number one, for all of my people, first of all, let me shout out. I have people who have listened to every single episode. Thank you. Shout out to you. If you've heard every single episode of inspire guys, people, which I know several people have emailed me in the past at different points that they had heard every episode up to that point. And, um, I know a lot of y'all have heard, you know, half or more than 50 episodes and i just want to say thank you but for those of you who are behind i want to give you a nice little three or four weeks going into the new year closing out this year catch up baby catch up you feel me so definitely want to give an opportunity for people to catch up on everything that we've talked about and um you know, give myself a, a second to like reset. I've put a lot into this year. I've given a lot of effort, a lot of energy. And by the grace of God, um, it has paid off. So I'm grateful for that. So this is like a good break. This ain't like a I'm toe up and I can't handle it break. This is more like, you know what? Like just rest in the Lord. Take a break to refresh your mind and make sure next year is amazing. And um, I know everybody gets into the holiday mood anyway. Shout out to my mother-in-law, my Becca. She is definitely one of the people who have heard every single episode. And um, that means a lot, man, when someone in your family, uh, someone close to you and know you and still think highly enough of you to listen um, to every episode of the podcast. I know I got a lot of my family that listens to the show, but if you haven't told me you heard every episode, then I don't know what to say. I do know Darius. Darius might have heard every episode. 
or close to it. Um, Darius is another one of my family members. Y'all know Darius. I mean, I play his music all the time. My younger brother. Now, the rest of y'all, if y'all heard every episode, don't get mad because I shouted out my back end, Darius. Those are the people who told me. It ain't personal. It's business, baby. All right, anyway, so with that being said, this is going to be an amazing episode. And it's probably going to be, it's going to be a long episode because I'm going to let it all out. You know what I'm saying? But we are going to talk about um, business and in a couple of different areas of business. And, and like, I'm going to talk a little bit about just my views on business in general, right? Just um, foundationally, if that's a word, foundationally. Sounds good to me. Let's go ahead and just roll with it. Uh, but then I'm going to also talk about some of my corporate experiences, right? And so we'll talk about the corporate side of business. Uh, we're going to talk about business in the Bible, biblical business. You get what I'm saying? It's very important to get rooted and grounded in biblical business. And then I'm going to talk about some Hollywood headlines. And again, I'm going to take my time with this because it's my last episode of the year. I want to leave y'all with some really good content to think about. Now, the reason I'm doing this episode on business is because this topic keeps coming up, um, mostly amongst friends and families and different areas and arenas. Like I've had so many conversations and thing that, things that people have ran by me in the last few weeks that I'm like, man, OK, that's a great place um, to kind of end off. And I know that a lot of you are entrepreneurs, business people, pro business professionals and creatives. And this episode is really going to get you rooted and grounded. Um, to be able to catapult whatever you're doing into next year. And also, when I say catapult, I'm talking about to really launch it God's way, foundationally. So many times we talk about businesses doing well and growing by worldly standards. And for anyone who's listened to this show for any amount of time, you know that I am big on godly standards and principles. So I don't view success in the way that the world views success. And the great thing about today, is you're going to hear a lot of reasons why. So with that said, the goal for today is to really give you some tangible things. I'm talking about stuff that you might have to come back and listen to this three or four times. This episode is really about self-development and really helping you further whatever you're doing in business and understand why business is important. As I've been having a lot of conversations with friends and family, and hearing different perspectives, you know, like I'm the type of person that just kind of takes everything in and then think about it later, think about it later. And that's why I like listening to people's different perspectives and we challenge each other and, you know, all those type of things. But as I've been thinking more and more, I'm like, OK, people actually don't really understand business. And I think part of it is because we've been presented business in such a toxic way. You know what I mean? It's kind of like money and business. We've been manipulated by people. We've been done so wrong that we view the entire concepts in a negative light. And as Christians, what we do is we start doing what feels right based on our emotional response to the manipulation and or abuse that people use when they mistreat us through business and money. And so I guess in a way, this show is going to provide some healing, some advice, some self-development, some business principles 
um, both from a corporate and entrepreneurial standpoint. As y'all know, outside of having this podcast, I've been a Christian rapper for a number of years, um, both in the group and as a solo artist. I've had a fashion line and I can't even halfway think of the other things that I've done. But, you know, I have a lot of experience in that way. And so that's why I want to kind of talk about it in different sections so that it kind of makes sense and I'm not all over the place. Right. So first, before we do that, what I'm going to do, speaking of my music, we're going to start off with a J. Will music song of the day. And um, this song is called Fate of the World. Now, I want to talk about this for a second. You know what? I want to play the song first, then I'll talk about it. Um, This is actually a live performance of that song um, that I had the opportunity to uh, rap for Christian Tabernacle Church again. um, I think I mentioned them on a previous episode, but shout out to CTAB for bringing me out to their service. This was for their Youth Day uh, live streaming, uh, and this aired on their Facebook page, I think, last Sunday. So yeah, man, um, this is a song that um, is... Number one on my last project entitled To Whom It May Inspire. So it's the first song, but it it is a different approach live. We took a different approach. And a lot of times I do that with my music when I'm doing it live versus what you may hear on a CD. Um, So this was the first time I ever performed this live. And my brother Darius helped me produce the live version of this right on the spot. Actually, Uh, we produced this in maybe 10 minutes. Um, So shout out to Darius. Um, and everybody at the church who did recording, uh, good boy, um, Daniel Jones, um, him and his wife, Yasmin, they did the video recording. We had Julie there, um, who did some things. I believe Sean McClain did the audio. So just shout out to the whole CTAB staff, uh, Loretta Forbes. Thank you guys for having me, pastor, doctor, lady Mormon. Um, really appreciate y'all. So yeah, it's good, man, to be able to use my gifts in the middle of a pandemic. That's why I'm so grateful. So it's, if it feel like I'm thanking everybody at their church from the person who uh, opened the door in the parking lot to the person who cleaned up the bathroom, then it's because I'm clearly excited that God is still providing opportunities in the middle of a pandemic to, you know, use my gifts. So fate of the world live edition. This is real quick. Cause it's just the intro. Um, if you don't like this song, you better act like you like it. What if the fate of the world depended on you to be you, me to be me, Moses to lead, Joseph to dream, Hannah to pray for Samuel the priest, Jonah to pray from the depths of the beast? Tell me, what if it means a night with the lions for Daniel because of his faith? Jeremiah prophesying while tears run from his face. What if weeping may endure for a night and you wake up in the morning and it's still there? Rahab, cover for the spies, gave a prostitute purpose, that's the mighty hand of God. Ruth went from Moab to follow Naomi, it wasn't just for Boaz, Obed and Jesse. Samuel went to Jesse for a king, found his youngest son, David, bloodline of a savior. David went to Saul with his heart, when he played the evil spirits would depart, God knew his heart. Noah's Ark was the start of a new generation like Joshua. They crossing the Jordan like Iverson. From the wilderness to the promised land, this is God's plan. Can't you see that it all leads to Jesus? From Abraham and Isaac, the ram that was in the tree, represented a savior that came in your time of need. Play it like I'm for you. You can walk away free. Free to live in your purpose. Free to become a servant. Freedom from all the pain, the pandemic, the hurting. Freedom from all the 
fill in the blanks. You just heard Fate of the World by yours truly, J. Will Music. That was a live performance. Me and my brother Darius, man, we figured it out on the spot because I had never done that song live. And just with the pandemic and everything, you know, you don't have a chance to rehearse and all of that. So Darius just cho- told me he wanted a verse um, leading into the youth day. The choir came after that. It was a dope situation. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's a blessing to be able to use your creative gifts and talents. Uh, me and Darius in five or ten minutes and shout out to the band as well. We were able to come up with that. And now that's going to be in my set, my music set, um, just like that. I like the way it came out. So um, if you want a copy of that song, as a matter of fact, that is today's. You know, that's what we do on this show. You a listener and supporter of the show. I want to make sure you have valuable things to get back from it. If you want a copy of that, all you got to do is email me. Jermaine Wilson music at gmail.com. A lot of y'all already know the email. That's J-E-R-M-A-I-N-E-W-I-L-S-O-N, music, at gmail.com. Email me and put song in the title or just say, hey, I want the Fate of the World song. And I will email you back the MP3 of that and you can listen to it whenever you want to. Exclusive, unreleased music is out nowhere. This the only place has ever been played other than on their Facebook page. So there you have it, people. I'm... You know what I'm saying? I'm taking my break, but I'm giving y'all gifts. Let's do this. Oh, I did want to say something about that song, man. I think this is worth saying. Um, You know, coming into this year with this pandemic, for me, it was like once we were in it and it was starting, really it was at the very beginning. I'm, I'm thinking now, like at the very beginning, and if you listen to the episodes of the show, you probably heard me say a hundred times, Don't leave this pandemic empty handed. But even before that, what the Lord really put on my heart was to put out this project um, entitled To Whom It May Inspire. And it's five songs. And, you know, hopefully you've heard it. If not, just search To Whom It May Inspire on Apple Music and Amazon and Spotify. Uh, My artist name is J. Will Music, J-W-I-L-M-U-S-I-C. But the reason I'm sharing this is because, man, I'm not going to lie, like, I was asking myself, did I make a mistake? Because I released this music, and as soon as I released it in May, that's when all the racial uprising and everything just went crazy this year. And for me, the year, the, the challenge, the real challenge of 2020 for me was fighting the narrative of the world to hold on to God's promise in God's word that I was reading in his word and that he was, you know, putting on my heart. Right. So what I had was God putting on my heart, hey, times are tough, but don't let the world be, don't let the world lead you, you lead them. And it really all started with this question. What if the fate of the world depended on you? And it's a fictitious question, but it's an inspiring question. Um, And I put myself, I tell y'all all all the time, if you listen to this show, I put myself in the mind of a movie. That's just how I inspire myself and motivate myself to keep going. I picture like if I'm in a movie, I always ask myself, all right, which character are you? So when everything is going bad, if you're in Mission Impossible, like, are you Tom Cruise, Jay? I know they got the chip. You know, in Mission Impossible, it's always some computer chip that they chasing after. 
But whenever you watch a movie, man, at some point in a movie, things go really bad. And it's usually a person that everyone is looking to and that they need in order to keep their ground and get them through. Now, I'm not saying I'm that person. I'm saying from the standpoint of the question, what if the fate of the world depended on you? The answer to that question motivates me. And so I'm really appreciative to have the opportunity towards the end of this year to be able to do that song live because nobody like, and I'm being, I'm just being transparent with y'all. This particular project, like it was like not a lot of people rocking with it because everybody was on the racial stuff. And I was second guessing like, man, like nobody wanted to be inspired. I'm like, hey, in hindsight, to whom it may inspire. I didn't know it was going to be this way and the world was going to flip upside down. But I thank God that I did it anyway. And I believe that the seeds planted from this project and this message of to whom it may inspire are going to still be growing going into next year. So um, I just wanted to share that with you, because if you ever did something in business that you know you were called to do by God and it doesn't look like it right away. That doesn't mean that it was the wrong thing to do or that it's time to give up. Things happen in God's timing. So I'm sure in, in 2021, I'm already planning um, like a live virtual music experience right now. I'm, I'm at the beginning stages. Um, it should be real dope. But like I'm going to be able to share those songs with people and people still listen to it. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just being honest. It wasn't like I thought it was going to be. And um. I just didn't allow myself to get discouraged because I'm one of those people that just like, all right, man, God's time and God's plan. Let's keep it moving. Let's keep it going. People don't want to be inspired right now, but that doesn't mean I have to stop. So whatever God has called you to do, you got to do when like when it's popular. And then the tough part is when it's not popular. So let's talk about business people. You have waited long enough and we are about to do a deep dive into business. First, I want to talk about it from a foundational standpoint and just I'm going to share just some thoughts about business in general. Okay, so here's just some things that, you know, I kind of wrote out. Um, This is one of those shows. I actually have notes for this show because there was a lot I wanted to share and I just didn't want to be rambling. Um, So first, I wrote down business is about accountability. I think sometimes we don't understand that when we allow business to take on a negative take, like the the true purpose, right? When you think about doing business, it's about rewarding people who deserve to be rewarded, providing someone else with a need, an answer to their need, resolving a problem. So like, let's just think about it at its most basic like state. We all have phones these days. So you either have an iPhone nine times out of 10 or you got some type of Android or Galaxy. If you have an iPhone, let's use that as an example. That's a popular device, right? The law of supply and demand is really what a lot of this stuff comes down to. If something is low in supply and high in demand, the price is going to be a lot higher, right? Now, shout out and kudos to a person that creates something that's lower in supply than it is in demand. That's really what we want, right? Really, we want, it's like, oh, too many, so many people listening to Inspire God's people that 
it shut down Apple Podcasts. Like, that's really what we all want, right? You want to create something that's high in demand and at the highest price possible, you know, for the work that you put into it. So we all go and buy iPhones. Accountability is saying, if you're the person that needs the phone, you need to pay for it. That's how we hold you accountable every year, every month. We send you a bill. The, the person who's held accountable who provided the phone, right? That's why they have customer service. Hey, you call. My phone isn't working. Something broke, right? That's accountability. Having a business structure in place keeps everyone accountable for what they said they were going to do. So just remember that. My very first thought. Business is about accountability. Here's number two. In business, every word matters. You can't say or agree to things that you don't mean. So what I like about this is, especially as believers, right? We are supposed to guard our tongue. We're supposed to be slow to speak, quick to listen, right? Like we're not supposed to just ramble and say things that we don't mean or agree to things that we don't mean. And we're going to talk about that in some of these scriptures that I'm going to share later today. But ultimately, I just need you to know that business is about that accountability for every little thing you say. All right. What's the next thought? Oh, I like this one. In business, you are not just agreeing based on how you feel today. You need to anticipate how you will feel in the future. Now, this is a major mistake that a lot of people make. They make what's called an impulse purchase, right? So it's you standing at the checkout in the grocery store. And from a business perspective, think about this. The lines are long in these stores. They know that you're standing there and you're just looking around. So what do they do? They properly place items that they think you want to buy, impulse items, right? So if you notice, they're not putting a 24-case bag of chips or big laundry, heavy laundry detergent at the checkout aisle. No, individual Reese cups. Here's one little chapstick. Here's a flashlight, a pair of scissors. They put all of these purchases there. They're called impulse purchases because they want you just in the moment to see it and be like, oh, I do need my lips. You know what? I need this chapstick, right? Impulse buy. Now, the thing is, I'm not mad at them for doing that, but strategically, they have placed that there because they know that if they can get you to buy something off how you feel, you may buy something out of impulse, right? But those are like cheap little items. I think the problem with some of us is we try to do big things. We make, sign big contracts and, you know, make big arrangements and big agreements based on an impulse feeling. And we don't take the time. Right. Thinking of buying a car comes to mind. We don't take the time to say, do I really need this car or do I want this car so bad that I'm willing to take a bad deal on it? Right. Impulse purchase. Now, six months have gone by. You no longer feel the impulse that you felt when the car first came out. But guess what? You still have to pay the car note or the repo man will come and take your car. Listen, we're all in business. Everybody who's listening to this right now, whether you want to accept it or not, you are in business. You know how I know? Because 
every month people remind you that you're in business when they send you a bill. Name me something that doesn't cost. You got lights in your house? Light bill. Turned on the water today, didn't you? You brushed your teeth, took a shower, you flushed the toilet. Yep, water bill. What, what you got? Oh, you got some nice, you have food in the refrigerator? Oh, isn't that nice? You conducted business today. You went to a grocery store and said, hey, I want this milk for $3. And then you also said, you know what? Matter of fact, I want 50 cent off because I have a coupon. A coupon is a business decision. You are in business. It ain't personal when you go buy that milk, is it? It ain't personal at all. It's about the fact that you need something to go over those fruity pebbles. And you like, you know what? This is, look, this is business. I don't care how much you like those fruity pebbles. I'm going to need that $3 up out of you for this milk. Nobody's mad about that at all. You don't know if that milk only costs 16 cents to produce. The only thing you know is you want it enough to spend $4. Okay, cool. Of course, people have profit margins. Of course, in business, there are profit margins. You can't be mad because people are making money. That doesn't make sense. We're business people. You're an entrepreneur. You have a business. Literally, the only way that you can stay in business is if you have a profit margin. That means you have a certain part of this money that they're paying. So I'll give you an example. I don't like to assume people know anything. So I, I like to give very basic examples, mostly because I like to receive basic examples. You know what I'm saying? I hate when people assume I know something. So let's say you create a T-shirt. Well, it costs you $7 for between the shirt, the print, the packaging, everything costs you $7, right? What you really want to do is, in fashion, typically, you want to try to make 50% margin. So you should be trying to sell that shirt for $14, right? If you think I'm going to do two for 10, uh, listen, you're going to go out of business. So the mistake that a lot of us make is that we're not comfortable with business. So we make bad business decisions and you end up killing your own business because your price is too low. You need to understand your margins. You need to understand all of your costs, packaging, shipping. All of those things need to come into account, not just in the impulse trying to hurry up and sell five T-shirts so you sell them for too cheap and it doesn't go anywhere. OK, you want to find customers that value what you have. Something is worth whatever people are willing to pay for. it. That's what it's worth. Supply and demand. All right. What else is on this list I got here? Um, people who do what they feel are short-sighted and only concerned with the moment, moment, but feelings change. So the reason you have to not be an impulse person when it comes to business and doing things that feel good only today is because feelings change, y'all. Today, I feel great. Yesterday, I could have felt like, eh, it's whatever. Tomorrow, I could be like, feel even better, have energy. One day last week, I was tired. Feelings change. So it's best in business to make decisions based on the long term. You get what I'm saying? Long term, long term, long term. All right, let's keep it moving on this list. Um, 
Number five, business is about your word being an oath, something that just can't be overturned just because you feel like it. something that can't be overturned just because you feel like it. So, again, we talked about feelings change. Right. And the problem with some of us is we looking like uh, it don't matter that I said that last week. And this is like just sidebar. This is why I don't like politics and why politics really bother me to my core. Because I've literally watched politicians on every side say something one year. You can literally go YouTube and play it back, something they said. And then two years later, when the climate changes and it's no longer an advantage for them to say whatever they said, they just change whatever they're saying. And that bothers me because their actions don't indicate that they actually had natural change and organic change and sincere change. It indicates that, oh, it's an advantage for me to say this now, so I'm going to say it. To me, that's an example of manipulation in business. And people tend to like focus in on so many of those bad examples that we don't talk about the good in business. So I'm not saying with anything that I'll be talking about today that business can't be manipulated um, and things can't be done wrong, just like people can manipulate the Bible, right? But that doesn't make the Bible wrong. So that's the way I'm like looking at this conversation. All right, let's keep it going, man. Uh, these days we struggle with honoring oaths. There's no real code. People say things loosely that they never intend to honor. Look, man, we have to be careful as believers, especially like we should be controlling our tongues, right? We should be like not just saying anything loosely. We should be honoring God with the fruits of our lips. And so I think this is something that I've had to learn more and more through my life, um, too. Like, I, I didn't always think like this. I have to continue to grow. And but I'm learning like, yo, pay attention to the words you say and the things you say, especially having a show where I'm coming on here every week. I'm talking to you all about these topics, but I have to be mindful. Like, man, that's why I try to address topics the best I can. I'm not saying I always say the right thing, but I, I take it serious. I do. To this point, okay, let me make this point about honoring an oath. There have been times that I have agreed to do something, like let's say rap somewhere or preach somewhere. Like I've agreed, like, oh, I'll come speak at your church on this day. And let's say I make the agreement three months in advance. And like, let's say even in the moment out of impulse, I'm just trying to be nice to the person because it's not really the right situation for me. Even when I change my mind, this is something my wife could tell you. I have lived by this the last three to four years at least. Even when I change my mind and no longer feel like going to that church when it gets closer and that happens sometimes, no longer feel like speaking or rapping, I still go because I want to honor my word. I take a long time to tell people yes about things because the moment I tell you yes and I book something, I will be there. If I have to cancel, it means I really like I, I really had to cancel. That's my approach to doing business because I want my word to be my bond. So I try to get better at that. And I try not to commit to things that I don't intend on honoring because my word is an oath. It's a contract. It's a business. When I say I'll be there, when I say I'll do that for you, that's a business agreement in my mind. So there, that's why sometimes I don't have no problem not telling people no. Because I don't want to make a business agreement that I cannot honor or at least never intend to honor. Last two foundational things about business. Number seven, 
Business is biblical. Uh, that's what this whole episode is really about, is really making the argument and coming from the vantage point that business is actually biblical, but we just haven't taken the time to get rooted into the biblical foundation of mu- uh, music business, which is what we're doing today and why I'm taking my time and I'm not rushing and I'm not like this is really this, today's episode, man. It's about somebody who is really serious about developing and learning and becoming better. And if you know a Christian entrepreneur, um, artist, um, business professional in a corporate world, you need to share this episode with them. Seriously, like share today's episode. You can find this podcast literally everywhere on iHeartRadio. Do you know it's to the point now that some of these apps on your TV you could type in Inspire Guys People to Podcast and it will pop up. iHeartRadio is on a lot of smart TVs. For those who listen to Audible, Amazon, um, Audible uh, audiobooks, you can now listen to my podcast on Audible. So you can type in Inspire Guys People to Podcast on Audible and you're going to see it pop up and you can listen to every single episode. That's how accessible this is. And I need you sharing it with someone, sharing it with someone, yeah. Share this podcast like it's a meme, dog. Share it like it's a meme. People text you memes all the time with no problem. And I appreciate everybody who shares this episode, these podcasts. Uh, I, I can talk, y'all. Okay, all right. My last one um, on the foundation. Business is about purpose. All right, so we got to understand in business, things are being done for a reason, right? When you go and get lotion, it's because your skin is ashy or dry and you need lotion and you create things in business for a purpose. Now, again, that doesn't mean everyone does things for a purpose. Um, you know, like there are certain things in life that I look at and I'm like, what in the world is that? Like, what is TikTok? TikTok is like, how to waste time 101. Like, hey, let's just get on here and do nothing. I'm sorry to criticize all my TikTok people. I love y'all too, but I just don't understand that app. Like, maybe I'm just getting older and I'm losing touch, but I genuinely don't understand. Like, everybody is now like, uh, anyway, why did I do that? Why did I go down that path? Maybe it's because I'm feeling risky because I know I'm taking a few weeks break and I'm like, yo, if somebody respond negative, I'm probably going to miss it anyway. All right, so now let's do this. I want to share just a couple of things, um, not as many points, but a couple of points um, from a corporate standpoint, um, just to kind of tell you like some things I've experienced in business um, at the corporate level. As you know, um, I'm at a Fortune 50 company, and I've had the opportunity to work on some very large deals, some very um, lucrative and big partnerships and contracts and things like that. Um, some hitting a multi-million dollar level, um, m- many of them being six figures and above. Um, so yes, like I've been able to see a lot and be involved in a lot of very big business. Um, and I thank God for that because it has allowed me to experience things from, you know, different perspectives. So here's some of the notes that I took as it relates to my corporate experience. I really want to talk about the importance of a contract. That's my focus here um, as it comes to the corporate side of business. I was thinking about like, and you know, I I work in business developments um, across the country. 
And I, I work with, you know, like I've told y'all before, sports teams, large um, amusement parks, recreation. I, I mean, I work in a lot of properties just across the U.S. And one of the things that's always interesting is, you know, especially when you think about now the importance of like with the sports, with fans not being in stadiums and things like that. So when I'm talking to a team, um, those are things we all have to consider now that we didn't have to consider before. And I'm not going to be talking about anything specific or personal because I honor all confidentiality and things like that. So um, these are just general things that I have learned. So number one, anyone who breaches a contract can be taken to court. So we do realize that, right? When you sign a contract, now think about some of the foundational business things we talked about. Don't do things off impulse. Don't just do what you feel today, right? The reason is because once you sign a contract, if you breach that contract, you can be taken to court because that contract is a legal document, legally binding you to that. Now, as believers, our word should actually be legally binding, right? From that standpoint, when we agree to something, we shouldn't even need a judge or whatever to enforce it. We are supposed to approach our word as that way, believe it or not. And we'll talk about that when I get to the Bible part. Here's the, the other interesting thing about a contract. You know, once you sign um, a contract, right? Lawyers from both sides. So, so if you are someone, a client that I've been talking to and me and you going back, let's just say I'm selling you um, candles. Let me just think of something that I don't sell. So just a random example, candles. I'm selling you candles. You agree to buy a thousand candles from me at the price of $3 per candle. You are then going to turn around and sell them to the public for $6 per candle. That's our agreement. Maybe I have also told you, hey, if you sell a thousand candles in the first month, I will give you 50 cents back for every candle, right? Some type of rebate or incentive. These are the types of things that get drawn out in a contract. Now, once we agree to a contract, before we sign it, listen, look to your neighbor and say, before you sign, before you sign that contract, because your signature is legally binding. Once you sign something, right? So before you sign it, you want to have lawyers redline that contract. And what does that mean? It means that they're looking at the contract word for word. Because what do we know? We know that contracts have lingo in it that I don't understand and you don't understand. Look, I'm like, man, I'm a sales and marketing guy. I don't work in the legal department. I look at those contracts sometimes. I'm like, I don't know. I got a hundred apps on my phone and I've accepted the terms for all of them. And guess what? I don't know who I sent my information to. Is that why every time I think of an Oreo, y'all are just able to show me an Oreo in my email advertisement or pop it up on my phone? It's probably because you answered yes to something without reading it like we are all guilty of doing to some extent, but that's not good business. So the lawyers then redline a the contract, which means this, they're reading word for word. So again, let me think of a hypothetical example. Um, let's say if you were like, okay, Jermaine said he was going to pay me 50 cents per candle 
if I were to sell a thousand candles. But when you read the red line, the, the small print in the contract, it says if you sell a thousand candles in 90 days, your lawyers would come back and then say, hey, we want to take out the 90 days part. And then we would either say yes or no to that. So first you agree to the general framework of a contract. Then you start going in and breaking down the specific elements of a contract. So let me say this. Just like you probably just got bored for the two minutes of me talking about contracts because you don't want to hear it. These are the reasons why we do bad business, because we think we only want to focus on the fun part. Hey, I want to say I got a record deal with Sony or whoever. I don't whoever. Right. I think Sony is a record label still. I got a record label with Sony, but it's like, all right, you just wanted to post that on Instagram. Do you actually know what you have agreed to? It's called a record deal. It means there's an agreement. Hey, let's make a deal. Let's shake on it. You agree. I agree. See, the problem with us is it's kind of like when you were a kid and look, I can watch cartoons all day. But the moment my mama want to have Bible study, I'm like, why am I tired? Why do I start yawning when I read the Bible? It's because we have become conditioned to only want to satisfy our flesh. And the moment that something starts satisfying our spirit, we get, oh, I don't feel it shouldn't take all that. But let me breaking news, people. It takes all that. Look to your name and say, it takes all that. I'm here to tell you now, it takes all that. I'm sorry. That could have been a shout in church right now. It does take all that. And I just want you to know if you're a business person, if you ever want to start taking yourself serious, you're going to have to fall in love with the details. It's not about just being able to post on Instagram that you signed some deal that you don't even understand. I understand that some of us didn't have the education along the way, but now do you want to learn? <laughs> At some point, we have to stop bragging about what we don't know and educate ourselves. And also be willing to take the time to educate others. All right, what else did I write about this? Uh, the last one on the corporate experience with contracts. Before agreeing to a contract, you need to uh, play out different scenarios and possibilities. Ask yourself this question. What, happen what happens if dot, dot, dot? So what's the significant significance of this? The reason I want you to like take yourself outside of the moment when you're doing business is because what did we say earlier? We don't want to be at the cash register making an impulse decision as it relates to business. So we want to say, what happens if, right? So again, I'm buying a thousand candles. What happens if I only sell 50? You got to be willing to ask yourself that. Look, it may be exciting to start a business, but business is not about excitement alone. Business is about falling in love with the details, asking yourself the tough questions as well as the good questions. 
What a lot of us do is we want a business transaction to feel fuzzy and warm. And we just say, look, I'm just doing it. I got faith. I don't care what, like, no, 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 no. Stop blaming that on faith because you're not actually doing your homework or because you lazy. See, some of us are lazy and we want to call it faith. No, that's not faith. No, you, you right there. That's not faith. You're lazy. Wake up. Read this. Read this right here. That's not faith. We got to stop doing that. We, we have to go and fall in love with the details. What happens if? So again, I just want you to understand before you sign any agreement, before you even start a business, ask yourself what happens if. You're not trying to discourage yourself from starting a business. I'm not trying to discourage you from starting a business. But what I do want you to understand is that you need to see yourself in different scenarios other than today. And the problem with so many of us is we fall in love with today. So we get into marriages based on today. Oh, he cute with a beard today and he got muscles. And oh, she the perfect size today. Then you never ask yourself, what happens if? And then you jump in and all of those ifs happen. Oh, what happens if she has five babies? Oh, okay. Oh, she not. Oh, okay. What happens if he, his hairline start receding? Oh, I married him for the waves, but oh, okay. Now, I guess his scalp is wavy. There's a couple of creases in his scalp, so I guess that counts as wave. Hey, babe, can you still put on a do-rag even though you're bald-headed because I married you for the waves? What happens if? We need to get ourselves rooted in the possibilities of the future and then make a, a well-rounded decision in business that is actually considering what happens if? All right? That makes sense? What? What? In, what in the world? What in the world? What in the world? What in the world? All right, guys, people. What in the world is up with this hundred and something dollar carryout that me and my wife had that went wrong? Wrong. All right, so again, we're in the pandemic. There's a lot going on in the world today. And so I try to balance things out. I'm one of those people that want to make sure that we are mentally and emotionally doing well in my house. And we got out of the house, went to a couple of stores here and there. Um, and we were probably like an hour or so away from home. We actually, what we did was we bought this picture and we ordered it online and we didn't like it. So we took it back to the store um, and it was just like a reason to get out. But, you know, we were far, far from home, an hour and something away from home. And we like, all right, man, let's get something to eat. And, you know, you get tired of the normal everyday restaurants. And I'm like, man, let's let's try carry out from like one of these upscale. We went to a fish market. Uh, we were looking at steakhouses and fish markets. I'm like, let's try to carry out there. You know, like. I never had carry out at these type of places because these are the places that typically in a non-pandemic world, we would have gone to a nice restaurant and we would have, you know, eaten in there. Ate in there? Eaten? Eaten? Ate? I literally, we would have ate in there. Yeah, I don't, look, you're going to have to tell me. Email me. Ate, eaten. Right now, I don't know the difference. I feel like I don't have a degree right now, um, but I literally don't know which one of those are the right ones. So anyway, Blame it on um, something. 
All right, so we go to this place. And now I'm going to tell you this. This is actually a good example of business that ends right, but I just want you to understand. It's not personal when I'm ordering food. It's business. And when I choose your restaurant, you know, and I'm not going to say the name of this restaurant. Y'all know I like to honor confidentiality in business. And I don't want to badmouth people today that I will then later be trying to partner with in business. So um, I try to keep that in mind when things are along the lines of potential uh, clientele in my field of work. So we go to this upscale fish market. We order our carryout. It's a hundred and something dollars. I'm just being real. Most expensive carryout I've ever ordered personally just for two people. Right. You know, but again, I don't come from a wealthy background. I'm from Seven Mile in Detroit originally. I come from the hood where the carryout costs $15, okay? And uh, even that, you're looking like, like, woo, could have been 14 if we would have just not got the fries, all right? You get what I'm saying? So we end up going there, and I ordered a filet, filet mignon, right? And we wait 40 minutes, 45 minutes for the order, right? Understandable. I Look. I'm a well-done steak type of guy. I can't do the pink. Again, I'm from the hood. Don't judge me if you like, oh, yeah, we like the pink steak. It's better for you. Okay, well, it's better for me not to see blood dripping out of my food, okay? So anyway, we get it. We get the food, and we were going to, like, drive off and just park it on the, other, the next parking lot and eat the food in the car because we were far away from home. So I open it up, and I'm like, hmm. Hold on, I'm pretty sure um, this is fish and chips. That's not filet. And I know for a fact fish and chips don't cost $90, okay? <laughs> like, um, So we had like fish and chips and some random little side app appetizer that looked like it came with a side of marinara sauce or something like that. I'm a nice guy. I'm reasonable, right? I go back and it's like, oh, excuse me. Um, now, again, we in the car, so I got to call them because this is curbside service. Sidebar, everything is just different in the world today. I'm so ready for the world just to go back to normal. So we got to call them. They got to walk outside. Hey, what's wrong? What's going on? I'm like, yeah, um, yeah, my bill was a hundred and something dollars and you guys gave me fish and chips. Oh, anyway. So they go back in. She just walked away too. I'm like, okay, you're not going to say how long it's going to take or anything. She walked away. She comes back in about two minutes, has the filet. I'm like, ah, my wife got her food. I'm like, it's about to be so good uh uh and so good yeah you know you sing before you eat right at least in, that's what we do so i open it up if you you gotta know me to know me i'm the type of person my face tells the story i don't always say nothing at first i'm just looking at the food like uh that's it huh that's uh that's the uh okay uh. And my wife like, what, what's wrong? I'm like, well, I got I got two problems. Um, first of all, I'm trying to cut through this leather jacket, uh, aka filet mignon, um, with the plastic knife and fork. I didn't think this through. Why would you order steak at carryout when you know good and well this little plastic knife ain't getting through that steak? But I was making it work. As we're cutting through, I'm like, mm, I think it's too pink for me. And she's like, you want to take it back? I don't like taking stuff back. Generally, that's just my normal position. I'm not the type of person that wants to go back. So I'm kind of trying to like 
make it work. Like, no, I'm going to just go ahead and keep cutting. And the more I cut, the pinker it gets. And I'm thinking, you pay too much money for this. It's not personal. <laughs> it's, it's business. You know what I'm saying? Um, like, uh, you're going to have to take this back. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I can't, I can't, mm -mm, I can't let them slide with this. I got to take this back. I take it back and I tell the lady, hey, um, yeah, this is super pink. And I'm like, look, I'm going to just go ahead and order um, some fish and chips, a pasta. Because, look, the steak costs so much, I could get about three or four other things. And she's like, oh, no, well, you know, you don't, if you don't want to wait that long, we, we could just throw it back on, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, first of all, that was a mistake on my part, but that's what I agreed to. You get what I'm, we talking about business. I said, yeah. She brings back the leather jacket, and it looks now like a crispier leather jacket. I'm looking at the steak now that the plastic knife is clearly no longer cutting, but it is well done now. Oh, it's very well done. It's completely done. There's nothing else to cook, okay? And I told my wife, it's not going to work. But here's the good thing about this story. The lady ended up coming with two gift cards. The next time you guys come here, you can eat this for free, eat that. We're very sorry. Thank you for your business. And guess what? I threw the leather jacket in the trash, and I said I appreciated the fact that they did good business in the end. Now, I'm the person that chose to order a steak, who chose to uh, order it with, and with a plastic fork, knowing I'm an hour away from home. I'm also the person that said, no, I, I was going to get the fish and chips and pasta and decided to have them put the steak back on the grill. And I said, look, there's a compromise in this business deal. I get a leather jacket, a.k.a. a filet mignon, well done, extra, extra, extra well done. You got my hundred and something dollars. But here's the other caveat. My wife loved her food. She's like, mine was amazing. And I said, you know what? That right there is worth my business. If my wife is happy, I'm happy. And I left because I agreed to that. Now, what's the point of this? In a business transaction, sometimes you won't be completely happy with your outcome. Sometimes both sides compromise. You got to give me gift cards. I have to settle for another jacket. But ultimately, we can all be happy because within that compromise, I now have a reason to go back there and try something different for free, uh, like the fish and chips that probably taste better than the leather jacket. My wife enjoyed her food. And life goes on. What's my point? A lot of times in business, it's about learning. If you are the company, you are going to make mistakes as an entrepreneur starting a business or even if you're in a professional world. But when you make mistakes, hold yourself accountable and say, we made a mistake. Let me give you this gift card. And if you're the person that is buying something, Look, the whole idea of the customer always being right, I don't know who told us that lie, but it has really messed people up because some people are just like professional idiots when they're shopping because it's like the customer always right. The customer, that ain't in the Bible. It's not personal. It ain't even just business. It's biblical business. We trying to do business God's way. So if you're a believer, stop just being mean to people and unreasonable and things like that and Try to do good business both ways and try to acknowledge when people apologize when they mess up your food. They're going to mess up food. OK, I hate going to restaurants with large groups of people 
because there's always going to be one person in that group who's going to send their food back. And I feel like they had it made up in their mind before we even sat down. This food is going back. All right, so now is the time of the show where we are about to read the Bible. And the reason I'm reading the Bible is to let you know it's not personal. It's biblical business. Now, why am I framing it up that way? It's biblical business. Couple reasons. Number one is because I believe that business, when done the right way, actually is in alignment with God's word and biblical principles. Number two is because I want to encourage you as believers to do business the right way and not follow the ways of the world. Where I think we go wrong as Christians a lot of times is we never study things from a biblical perspective, right? So then we just end up taking the world's perspective and trying to church it up, or we live on the surface of scripture and just try to take a scripture and make it mean something that it doesn't mean to make us comfortable. Like, as an example, it's like when people say, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just, right? They could be talking about anything, and then we just throw that scripture out there as if it's a one-size-fits-all band-aid for justifying anything that you do that's worldly and making money. And that's not the case, right? So my goal today has been to really, you know, unpack business and not just look at it on the surface, but really get you to think and, and like maybe even you think beyond what I'm saying, but to go in depth. And I believe that biblical business, right, when done God's way, you can be successful and you can have what's in Joshua called good success. I think we got to understand as believers, there's a such thing as bad success, okay? And so one mistake even before I get into the scripture that I see a lot of us make is that we have a desire for fame and we have a desire to we tend to look at anything that works in the world as that must have been God. So what's my example? Let's say if my song went number one on the billboards, right? Then we just say, look what God did. But no one doesn't take time to say, like, what is the song about? Like the whole song was about something that's not even bi biblically sound. But then we're saying God did it. Why? Because I identify now as Christian or I said I believe in God. That doesn't mean that, guys. So what am I saying? In that scenario, we are taking something like the number one song on the billboard and equating that to God's purpose. And when you do that, there's no way you could be looking at the Bible and doing that. Because as you're going to see in a lot of scriptures that we're going to look at, there are scriptures that say it's better to be poor and have integrity than to be you know, rich and famous, or what about not gaining the world, but losing your soul? But what we do is we allow the narrative of the world or worldly success to automatically mean that something is ordained by God. Now, I don't think we do that because we're bad people. I think we do that because we haven't taken the time or no one has sat down with us and unpacked business and made suggestions and shown us in scripture, hey, not what your favorite celebrity said on their Instagram page. That's not necessarily the business philosophy you should follow. First, you need to understand the word of God. Now, y'all know my position on this. If you don't know, um, here's my position. 
when before I started reading business books, which y'all know I read business books, and somebody was um, emailing me last week, shout out to you, asking for some suggestions. Always try to explain to people, like, see, when I share business books, these books aren't necessarily all the way lining up with the word of God, depending on who wrote it and what their purpose was. But what I do is first read the word of God. And instead of trying to apply the word of God to business principle, I apply business principle to the word of God. So first we read the word of God. Then if you hear some quote that makes sense biblically, cool, it works. But when you first start off with the foundation of the word of God in your business, you're able to like push off anything that's ungodly. Here's the key. Regardless of how popular it is, regardless of how trendy it is, something being trendy doesn't equate to it being holy. All right, so we're going to jump into some scriptures and I'm going to do this a couple of different ways. Some of these scriptures, I'm just going to like read them through like and these are again, you could take notes, you could go back to these and study. And then there may be a couple of stories or scriptures that I want to take a little bit of time to dive into so that to make sure we have the proper understanding and also to make sure we have the proper balance. Again, I feel like one of the mistakes that we make sometimes is that we are extremist, meaning we are either all Old Testament or all New Testament. We're all this or no, the only thing we need to be fully committed to is Christ, his word, like salvation, repentance, like we need to be fully committed, right? But what we need to understand is that God is about balance. So you need to read the Old and the New Testament to try to fully understand a concept. And what you see a lot of times is people just read one scripture and don't cross-reference it with any other scripture. And then they're imbalanced and they're extreme in a certain area because they haven't properly balanced themselves out with the completion of the word of God, right? So we're going to read different scriptures so that you could take all of these scriptures and then apply them together in unison. Let them work together. You know what I'm saying? To bless you and bless your business and your business mind. And also to be able to have discernment about good business versus bad business. As I said earlier, bad business does exist. My argument is that not not that all business is good in and of itself, but my argument and my position is that biblical business, business when done right, is in alignment with God's principles. One thing business doesn't do is it doesn't always cater to how we feel. So we need to be able to take the difference between how we feel emotionally and set that separate to what God's principles are, right? Because if we're being honest from an emotional standpoint, we don't even always like what God does in our own life. We don't always understand or feel like God is making the right decision. If we did, why would we ever have to pray for something that took a long time? Or why would we have to ask forgiveness from something? Like It's because Even in our own lives, we can't follow our feelings because our feelings don't always align with God's will and God's word. I know mine don't anyway. All right, so let's do this. Um, Proverbs 13 and 11. This is a good one. Wealth gained hastily will dwindle, 
but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. Now, what that's speaking about is, like I said earlier, falling in love with the process or the details. Let's not try to go after all of these get rich quick schemes, but let's actually not be afraid to start something and it slowly builds up and we pay attention to all the ins and outs. Like, and I'll give you an example, like with this show, I haven't tried to come out with this show and get like some, hey, I want to be on a big multi-million dollar platform tonight. Like, I'm ready. Like, let's, like, no, I'm just doing God's will, slowly but surely building, adding elements. We started interviewing people during this year, during the pandemic, um, you know, over the phone, remotely. Look, I got to keep growing and hopefully next year I'll continue to grow. It's not about being perfect in one night. This show, I got a lot of areas I can grow in, I can get better in. and. It's about doing that, but in God's timing, right? And trusting what his will is. Uh, let's see what else we got. Um, ooh, Proverbs 16 and 8. Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues with injustice, right? So God is saying, like, look, in business, it's actually better for you not to be thriving financially if you're doing it right, right? Biblical business. Versus to have all this great revenue and you have injustice. You're not um, doing things right. And then Proverbs 28 and 6, right? Because again, we're talking about correlating various scriptures, not reading one scripture and trying to build a whole doctrine off of it, but taking various scriptures to build. Proverbs 28 and 6 then says, Better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than a rich man who is crooked in his ways. So what can we say just from those first few scriptures? Man, God must have an idea about business that there's a proper way to do business. God honors a slow building business that has integrity more than he honors a, build, a business that just, oh, you, your show just went viral overnight or you got a million followers. And see, what we do is we chase those things without ever consulting God's word. When God's word is actually telling us, hey, don't worry about trying to blow up overnight. Let me build your character. It's not personal, y'all. It's biblical business. When we, and see, the crazy thing about biblical business is it will bless you personally. You feel what I'm saying? And so we have to understand God's principles and what his will and purpose is for our business. That's really important. All right, let, let's get into uh, some, some other ones. Um, oh, I love this one. Proverbs 22 and 13. This is one of my favorite scriptures in the entire Bible. Here's what it says. The sluggard says, or the lazy person says, there's a lion outside. I shall be killed in the streets. There's a lion outside. Do you know what this is? This is a lazy person that's making an excuse, making an excuse as to why they shouldn't do something. We know that God doesn't want us to be lazy in business. We know that. But a lot of times what we do is we create legitimate excuses because guess what? A lion being outside is a legitimate excuse, a legitimate excuse in our minds. But at the end of the day, what I'm seeing in this scripture is that if God told me to do something and called me to do something, 
I can't just try to look for every legitimate excuse because guess what? If you look for them, they will always be there. Always say like there will always be a reason for you not to do something. You feel what I'm saying? Luke 16 and 10 says this. One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. Now, why do I like this scripture? Because we like to think that money changes people, right? We say that all the time. It doesn't change you. Guess what? When you were broke, you were lying too. <laughs> like, let's just be real. You was broke and lying. And you got money and you started lying. Well, guess what? If you were broke and you were honest and you had integrity, money is not going to magically make you a liar. What it does is, I told someone um, this recently in my family, money gives you the freedom to be exactly who you are. And what do I mean by that? Some people really was liars the whole time. You just didn't know it because they didn't have the money and the confidence to go out and just be a liar and not care. So they held it in until they got ahead. And then you're like, oh, man, you think they a new liar. They really just a liar that just got freed up to lie. You feel what I'm saying? Like that, that's, <laughs> that's exactly what that is. All right, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 10 and 11. I like this one a lot. For even when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Woo! See, to some of us in our feeling, right, we talking about our feelings versus biblical business. If me and you, like, let's say we live together and I went out all day and I worked. You my college roommate. I went out and I worked all day, every day, 40 hours a week. And you stayed in, in the house playing a video game. Not busy working, just a busy body doing something. But then at the end of the week, it came time for groceries. And I bought all these groceries. And you came in like, ah, yeah, we want to eat. Hey, we want to eat my food. Ooh, you know. And I look at you and I'm like, no, you can't have none of this. Some of us would be like, no, Jermaine, that's not the love of God. Feed him. And then I'm going to be like, no, this actually is the love of God. This is not personal. It's biblical business. I'm actually living out the scripture by showing this person and teaching them. If you don't work in this life, you're not going to be able to eat. So that's an example of when I say people follow their feelings, thinking that, oh, this is what's dangerous. Oh, thank you, Lord. This is what's dangerous. Some of us are following our feelings and we don't realize we're being self-righteous because we're equating how we feel to the word of God. We think because we feel bad that it, oh, I, you're worshiping your feelings when you do that. We have to stop worshiping our feelings and get rooted and grounded in God's word and his principles and how he does things. And again, in that scenario, I wouldn't not be feeding the person because I want them to starve. Because remember, business isn't always about how you feel today. It's about the long term. 
what I would be operating and showing that person in that moment is that I'm thinking about your well-being long term. And I want you to be in a position to feed yourself in the future. So tonight, you ain't getting none of this chicken because I want you to have chicken in the future. Tonight, you ain't eating. Okay? I'm going to just tell you that right now. I'm eating all this. But if you are welcome to learning a lesson, then in the future, you'll, you'll realize, ooh, wait a minute. When I didn't work, I didn't eat. So that must mean I need to work in order to eat. Versus me keep feeding you and rewarding you for playing a video game and you never learn the lesson to get up and eat. And then when I can no longer provide for you, now you starve to death. All right, I got a couple of more scriptures. We know this one, Mark 8 and 36. For what does it profit a man to gain the world and, and forfeit his soul, lose his soul? Look, man, I know I mentioned that one earlier. This is an important scripture, man. And I, I, sometimes I get nervous. Like, are we really reading this stuff? Are we really hearing it? Or is it just a catchphrase that we just say? Because we, we praise people for gaining the world and losing their soul. Like, like oh, prove it, Jay. But look, if, if I told half of y'all right now that I had a record deal with a major label, y'all would congratulate me. But then if I went out there cussing, and everything and wilding out and talking about sex and drugs and all this, you would still congratulate me. As long as I said as some in some random song, I'm a Christian. As long as I did a feature with Kurt Franklin every now and then, y'all would be okay with it. But when will we start saying like, no, nah, man, I can't celebrate people who lose their soul. No matter how talented that guy is, I appreciate it when nobody knew him and he was doing it for God versus now everybody knows him and we call that guy, but he's not doing the work of God no more. Like we, man, like, listen, when you love people, sometimes you have to challenge them. That's the other thing I've learned and I like about business and even like, you know, I didn't want to go too deep in the corporate world because, again, I wanted to break this conversation up. I told you it was going to be a long conversation, but it's going to bless you and you might have to come back to it. But the, the one thing I love about the corporate world that it taught me is that you know, people will challenge you. So, but, but you can make it as long as you can speak to it. And what do I mean? If I do something and my boss is like, hey, you know, we were supposed to do this for this big meeting. And you said you were going to do this. Or why didn't this happen? Like, see, in the corporate world, again, if you have a good boss, I have a good boss. You're not going to just be able to do something or not do something and not answer to it, right? And I and my boss is not a micromanager. Like we don't, we live hundreds of miles. Like we live in a different time zone. Okay, like I've never even met my boss in person. Okay, that's how far my boss is away from me. So it's not a micromanaging thing. It's an accountability thing, and it's a difference. Some of us make the mistake of thinking I'm grown. I'm grown. I don't have to. The whole I hate the the phrase I'm grown. Right, because if you gotta say you grown, you're not that grown. Okay, if you have to walk around announcing something, yeah, you're not it. You're you're probably the opposite. Let's move on away from that before I make somebody um completely upset and not want to ever listen to my show again. Why would you even say that, Jermaine? Ooh, I like this. Proverbs fourteen and fifteen. It says, "The simple believes everything." but the prudent gives thoughts to his steps. 
Woo! Fall in love with the process, with the details. Simple-minded people believe everything. And this is what I love about business and the way that it taught me to be detailed and pay attention to every little, the small print, right? It's because simple people just believe everything that's flashed on the screen. But every commercial has small print. So when they're selling you a car and they promote the leasing deal on the car, it's like, ooh, wow, for $1.99 a month, for 36 months, I can get this with zero down, sign and drive. And you go to the dealership and you think you're going to get that deal and you're like, wait, why y'all telling me $5.99 and the deal on the commercial said $1.99? And they looking at you like, oh, you didn't pay attention to the small print that said, with excellent credit, and that is for 10,000 miles a year, you need 15,000. Like, there, oh, that car wasn't fully loaded. And the one, there are so many details. When you pay attention to the details, that's a business principle. It's also a biblical principle. People won't get over on you. You won't, you won't get ran over. Here, here's my position, y'all. When I'm looking at these biblical principles, it's literally saying the simple believes everything. That's Bible. So, so when you allow yourself to remain simple and someone gets over on you because you believe anything, and my thing is like, I mean, the Bible said simple-minded people believe it all. <laughs> like, so look, like, ah, uh, okay. Hopefully that makes sense. I'm, I don't want to make nobody mad today talking about business. This ain't even controversial. Jay, calm down, bro. You know what I'm saying? Calm down. All right, I want to read one more of these. And which one is it? Um, Let's see. I like this one. Proverbs 19 and 21. As you see, there's a lot of these in Proverbs. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Look, we all have plans in our mind. We all had a way that things were going to go. I know I surely did. I had a way that everything was going to go. I told y'all earlier, there was a way that that album was going to go and the project, and I had it all in my mind. And things took a different turn. But problems create opportunities. I told y'all that all year long. I've said problems create opportunities, and I don't want to leave this pandemic empty-handed. And by the grace of God, I'm not. And, and if I'm being honest, many problems happened this year and I've experienced many opportunities because of it. And I believe that it's because of these business principles and, and things that the Lord has allowed me to see, allowed me to experience. And I'm just trying to do my part in sharing it with you. I do want to look at a couple of other things with the in the Bible before we move on to the Hollywood headlines, which is my last section in business today. Um, before we take this break, man, I need a break for a few weeks. I'm a chill. Hey, and y'all better catch up on this show too. If you missed any episodes, now is the time. You got three weeks. I still want you listening just cause I'm not dropping nothing new. Don't mean you don't listen. All right. So here's the thing. Couple of things in the Bible. Um, I think I want to focus both on the book of Joshua. Um, you know, I've been studying uh, Joshua, my wife and I, and that's kind of what's at like top of mind. But it's man, we were studying the other day and the Lord just showed me something. Um, again, this business thing keeps coming up 
and something in a way I didn't look at it before. Before I jump into Joshua, though, I do just want to mention like Joseph, the story of Joseph. I've talked about it um, plenty of times on this show. So you can find an episode where I talk about Joseph. But even when I think about his story, you know, that was a business deal at the end of the day. God gave him a plan and a vision um, as he um, was interpreting a dream for the king. And then the, the, the king is like, hey, well, like if you if God used you to interpret this dream, who better? to execute the business plan. And the reason I'm calling it a business plan is because it was a 14-year plan and in seven years they saved so that they can have plenty for the next seven years of the famine. And that's business. That is business at its finest. I want to look ahead. I have a plan. I want to execute this plan with a purpose. Imagine in those seven years if they didn't have a business mind and they just did what they wanted to do and they just ate food because they had it. See, business teaches us to do things like save and strategize and put money aside for this and invest over here in something that I believe in. And like, again, have a plan, a strategy, write it down, revisit it later. Business teaches us all of these detailed things that if we would just actually listen to it and follow it, it actually aligns with the biblical principles of the Bible, right? So. That's the story of Joseph. I encourage you to read that on your own time. I'm not going to dive all the way into that right now, but that was biblical business at its finest. Biblical business. It's not personal, man. All right, let's do this. The first story in Joshua I want to briefly look at. Joshua chapter 2. We're going to start at verse 8, and this is the story of Rahab, and I'm kind of bouncing around, but I really want you to see something about. Um, this story, right? So verse eight says, before the spies went to sleep that night, Rahab went on the roof to talk to them. I know the Lord has given you this land, she told them. We're all afraid of you. Everyone in the land is living in terror. Verse 10, for we have heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea when you left Egypt. And we know what you did to Sihon and Og, uh, Sion and Og, sorry, the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, whose people you completely destroyed. 11. No wonder our hearts have melted in fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things, for the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. Verse 12. This is what I like. Let, let, me, let me just say this. This is what I like about Rahab. She took these guys to the top of the roof and started her business negotiation. So first she laid out like, hey, this is why I want to partner with you. She laid out the situation very clearly, right? She's allowing you to see how her mind thinks and what God had her doing. She saw them destroying the land and they were coming to her land to take over. And she's thinking, hmm, I need to negotiate because business is about negotiations which are about the ability to, A, have a conversation with someone else about something you need from them, but also something that you can give in return. And that's the true heart of a negotiation, is that both sides have something of value to offer one another. That's important to note because some of us try to go into a negotiation asking for something but not being able to provide anything of value. And that's just not business, right? Like 
You're trying to make it personal. But I like that she didn't make it personal. She made it about biblical business. All right, so let's see what happens in verse 12. Now swear to me by the Lord that you will be kind to me and my family since I've helped you. Give me some guarantee that when Jericho is conquered, you will let me live along with my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all their families. Now, pause real quick. Notice she says, swear unto me by the Lord. Like, what she's doing is, now she's negotiating a contract. She's getting them to give their word because she must know that for them, their word in this culture must have been like a contract. Their word is valuable. They take their oath seriously. So just them agreeing to something is a guarantee. All right, cool. Let's see if I'm right or wrong about that. Verse 14. We offer our own lives as a guarantee for your safety, the men agreed. If you don't betray us, we will keep our promise and be kind to you when the Lord gives us the land. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Like, and then when you, when you go down in verse 21, she says this, I accept your terms, she replied, and she sent them on their way, leaving the scarlet rope hanging from the window because they asked her to leave that rope so that they knew exactly um, who she was. What's my point? This is biblical business happening, man. Like at the end of the day, Rahab, who was a prostitute, by the way, right? And so many times we define her as a prostitute, but the gift, and I'm just, I'm being honest, right? This might be too much for some of y'all. The gift came without repentance. She was used to being out there in them streets and probably negotiating and all type of nasty, wild stuff. But at the end of the day, she recognized when God was moving and she gave her gift over to God because gift, the gift was business. The gift ain't prostitution, right? See, we pervert our gifts a lot of time and we, we actually forget that it's a gift. And just because I perverted it at one point doesn't mean it's not still a gift. The gift came without repentance. I have to believe that her business acumen, right, in its perverted form, led her to be a prostitute, which did what? Made her comfortable talking to all type of people, men, whatever. She ain't scared of people. But by the grace of God, God turned what the enemy was trying to use for, for bad and allowed her business acumen to save her life, her ability to negotiate, her ability to be fearless and talk to men and people that she don't know and literally saved her entire family. That's the beauty in what Rahab did. That is a business deal. And I need y'all to understand, man, that God has given you a gift. And a lot of times you might just be perverting that gift. And then you're not recognizing that it's a gift because it's in its perverted state. But whatever you're doing, God has a purpose for it. In biblical business, you might be operating in the wrong way because you've allowed yourself to be thirsty for fame and want fortune. But God has a better plan for you. Just like Rahab, we, we try to minimize her as a prostitute. She was a businesswoman who had gone wrong and fallen into prostitution. But when she recognized the work of God at hand, 
she turned away. And she's mentioned in Hebrew chapter 11 in the Hall of Faith. She's mentioned among the greats, a prostitute, truly a businesswoman. So that's the biblical side of business. I'm going to leave it there. I was going to go to Joshua chapter 9 as well. There's a whole other story. Read Joshua chapter 9 in your own time, and you'll see how Joshua and them, they had to still honor this business deal even though they were lied to. So I encourage you to read Joshua chapter 9 in your own time and, and hit me up, email me, Music at gmail.com and let me know what you think. But right now, we about to make a transition before I wrap up the show. And we're going to talk about some Hollywood headlines in business. And I want to just break down a little bit like how business operates in the world and what we see happening in comparison to what we're supposed to be doing now that we know the business foundation and the biblical business foundation, according to the word of God. All right, so I want to jump right into it. The first thing I want to talk about is prenups, right? So we got this whole thing where you see people in Hollywood do this all the time. Now, let me say this. I'm not judging anyone who out there who has a prenup. It's not personal. It's business. Now, I'm going to tell you, though, why I am not a person that is a fan of prenups. It's number one, because I don't view marriage personally as a business transaction. But what you do have to realize is the moment you sign a prenup, it is, in fact, a business transaction. Now, It is now a legal document. Um, and you're really anticipating what you're saying is, hey, this is our agreement when we get a divorce or in case we get a divorce. But for me, I don't like it because it now turns something away from, you know, what should be personal and sacred, and it makes it a business deal. Now, again, keep in mind, I'm not judging you if you want a prenup or if you have one. But what I am saying is I'm acknowledging that that's a business deal because ultimately you're agreeing to some things in the case of a divorce. Now, when that divorce happens, right? I, it's a struggle for me to understand people who sign a prenup and then try to go against it. You made it this. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? And so again, I'm not a person that is for prenups, but I'm also not a person that if you signed a prenup is for you not having to honor it because after 20 years of being married to someone, you feel differently, right? The whole idea was you were signing this document to lay out the terms. You're pre-planning your divorce, right? And that's what bothers me about it personally, but you did that, right? So that's prenups. That's one of the things we see in Hollywood uh, really all the time. A couple other things. I've talked about it on this show. Um, I did a show called... Um, Victoria's Secret, what, what, Victoria's Secret Failure. Um, that's about the story of Roy Raymond, who was the person who created Victoria's Secret. So I advise you to go and listen to that episode. It's one of the earlier episodes, like episode four or something like that. Um, Victoria's Secret Failure. I think it's episode four. Um, go listen to that. That's another um, story that breaks down business and breaks down a person who had an idea, right? but he sold it for a million dollars. 
That was what he valued it at. Now, Lex Wegner, uh, Le- Les Wegner, I think some Les Wexner, something like that. The guy who started The Limited, I believe. Um, you know, he turned it into a multi-billion-dollar business, and unfortunately, the uh, per- the guy Roy Raymond who created Victoria's Secret, he ended up jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge. He he killed himself because he couldn't handle his decision. Now, what that story teaches me, and again, you can listen to the episode to hear more in depth. But what that teaches me is, again, don't undervalue something because you want to hurry up and get a paycheck today. Because ultimately, you're agreeing to that value on it. People aren't buying your business to keep it at the level that it is. People don't do business deals with you without the intent to make money. Just no different than when you go buy a house and you, you know, set up with the energy or water company or the light company. They want to provide you lights, but at a cost. That's what business is. People are not wrong for wanting to get something out of the deal. Now, what ends up happening is a lot of times your ability to negotiate, right, is what's going to determine what you pay for something. Roy Raymond could have negotiated $2 million or just simply said $1 million isn't enough for me, so I'm walking away. That's another key point in business. You have to be willing to walk away. They say that a lot of times when you're buying cars. Most of us, when you're buying a car, you really want this car. You, the dealer knows it. They know it. And so they don't give you the best deal because they know that you don't have the discipline to walk away anyway because you want the car. So you'll take the best deal they offer, right? And the problem is, well, it's not their fault that you accepted something at a different value than you should have because you didn't know how to negotiate. Rahab knew how to negotiate to save her family's life. See how business principles work? They can literally save a life. When you know how to talk, when you know how to sell, when you know how to market, when you know how to negotiate, when you pay attention to the details, people can't get over on you. Like the scripture said, the simple-minded people believe anything, but the prudent, right? They give thought to everything. All right, another thing I want to talk about, um, Dave Chappelle, right? This, I've, I've been hearing about this from a couple of different people. First, my, some of my homeboys told me about it, then we talked about it with my family. And I think this is an intriguing story to look at. Now, I'm just going to paraphrase, um, and you probably already know what's going on out there, and I'm not encouraging nobody to go listen to um, his stand-ups and stuff like that um, or whatever. It's a lot of vulgar stuff. Um, I I don't even, I haven't listened to the new ones. Some people just told me about it, so I watched like an eight-minute clip of him explaining this so I could hear it in his words. Um, but he, he had this situation. First, he kind of ended up, and I'm paraphrasing this part, but he, he set this up. Like, number one, you got to understand Dave Chappelle is a great, he's an excellent, I mean, brilliant storyteller. That's what he's good at. He's good at telling stories, right? Um, and so he kind of framed it up. He talked about how he started in comedy at 14 and really talked about how people bullied him out of things or it, it, the word he used was intimidated. Um, so he kind of positioned um, the stories about intimidation uh, before he got to his point. And, you know, he talked about the contract he signed with Comedy Central 
And ultimately, he didn't sign a great contract, right? He didn't negotiate a great contract. And then, to make matters worse, he breached the contract by leaving early. Like, he he terminated, like, I, I don't know the details of how that contract went, but but he breached. He left. The contract wasn't up, and he walked away. And now, or at least he walked away before renegotiating. And now that they are, you know, they were sharing his show, the, the Chappelle show, he was unhappy. Now, I don't have a problem with him being unhappy. What bothers me from a business perspective was his reason. Okay. So I'm going to say a couple things that I, I kind of took a couple quotes he said. He said, I signed that contract because I was desperate and needed a way out. I was a 28-year-old expecting a child. So what Dave is doing here is he's priming us to think about, like, again, he's tapping into your feelings. Man, I was desperate. I was 28. I had a child coming. And I'm like, all right, cool. Well, is it Comedy Central? Like, here's what we got to understand about business. Is it the person who you're doing a deal with? Is it their fault? Like while you're here? It's really not. Like, and I'll give you this example. If you had a car that was worth $5,000 and somebody came and they literally like, they were like, I want to pay $25,000 for this. I don't care how much it's worth, whatever, whatever. I just want to pay you $25,000 and I'm out of here. Most of us are going to take the $25,000. We don't know this part. It's like, okay, this is what you want. This is how you want to do business. No problem, right? It's not your fault, but cool. He ended up saying that he was also mad because HBO is now streaming his show and they had rejected him when he first wanted to do, uh, you know, to launch the show. Before he went to Comedy Central, he went to HBO. They had rejected him. And they told him something like, you know, why would we need you? I think was their words. And so Dave is upset about that. But he's also admitting that they're not doing anything wrong. So my first issue is that he's he's saying he doesn't make money when they play a show and all those things. But without the Chappelle show on Comedy Central, does Dave Chappelle have the multi-million dollar Netflix contract that he has today? It's all part of his aura, him walking away. It's all part of it. It's an intangible benefit. The whole aura of Dave Chappelle is he walked away from this $60 million contract and people thought he was in Africa, lost his mind at some point. But it's all part of it. So it actually brought value to you, right? But he says, like, he told Netflix, um, he, you know, he he told Netflix it it makes him feel bad that 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 show was on, the, the Dave Chappelle show, the Chappelle show was on Netflix. So they took it off because it feels bad. It made him feel bad. Here's my overall ultimate. I don't even want to say problem. I don't have a problem with Dave Chappelle. But here's my challenge to anyone who thinks like this. Like, he said the industry was a monster. And I'm here to say that Dave Chappelle may have still not learned the lessons that he should have learned in the beginning. And what am I saying by that? He thinks Netflix is supporting him because they like him. (laughs) 
It's not personal, Dave. It's business. They're supporting you because now you make them a lot of money. The moment you no longer make them a lot of money, they will not choose your side. So this whole idea, even of thinking Netflix is angelic, oh, they're supporting Dave. That's not business, man. Business is about leverage. I actually don't really have a problem with Dave enforcing his leverage to get them to take it off. That's not my problem. It's not his action. It's the mindset behind the action. See, that's just business, too. That shouldn't be personal. But the thing is, for him, it's personal. All right. Now, enough about that, because this isn't about bashing Dave Chappelle. I'm not like I'm not. That's not what I'm into. I use that example because a lot of people brought it to me. And I think from a business perspective, a lot of people in their feelings agree with Dave. But my question is, can we really look at the biblical principles where people uphold their word and keep their oath? Again, I want you to read Joshua chapter nine. I should have read that because that really is a good example. But versus just following our feelings, we have to look at the biblical business principles. And the fact that Dave, even though it might not feel good, at 28, because you were desperate, you made a business deal. So now the lesson should be, I will no longer make a business deal when I'm desperate, because when you're desperate, you don't pay attention to the details. But that's just one man's perspective. That's me. I could be wrong. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. Um, like I said, man, we're going to be off for a few weeks, three or four weeks. I'm, I'm taking a break. Thank God. But I will be back better than ever and looking forward to bringing you, you know, 100 more episodes and 100 after that. I appreciate everybody who listens to this show, everyone who's taking the time to support this show. Look, man, you can find us everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or I don't think it's Google Podcasts anymore. Amazon, wherever podcasts are played, just search Inspire Guys People. Please do listen to my music. My artist name is J. Will Music, J-W-I-L-M-U-S-I-C. If you want to support us um, by giving a donation on PayPal, you can send that via um, email to Music at yahoo.com. Yes, the PayPal email is different. It's at yahoo.com. If you just go to paypal.com and you want to donate, thank you to everyone who donates. I never shout out names because I try to keep your, like, I don't think you do it for that reason, but I do appreciate you. Hey, keep me in your prayers. Have a wonderful new year, man. Have a Merry Christmas. Like, this is the first time in the last couple of years that I'm not going to do like holiday episodes and things like that. But I'm just hoping that all the shows we did this year that you could reflect on them, man. We came into this thing saying, don't leave the pandemic empty handed. My prayers go out to anyone who has lost friends and family members. We definitely never want to minimize that. Um, But I'm hoping that, you know, you could keep pushing and keep fighting and we definitely love you. Um, And, you know, just praying for the best and y'all stay safe out here, man. Um, Trust God, right? Because this world is, woo just going further and further away from the Lord. Um, let's not, you know, get into racial tension. Let's make ourselves available as believers of all colors and all ethnicities and all those things, man. Let's really be God's children. 
And that's my goal. I hope this year you've taken away from this show that we didn't follow the narrative of the world. The history for Inspire Guys People 2020 won't look like the history books of the world. If you go back and listen to every episode, I hope that we did it God's way. I hope that when you were challenged, you received it. I hope that you heard things that you can apply. I hope that you were inspired. Like, I hope we lived up to our name this year. Thank you to all my guests, every phone interview, um, the people who came in studio um, when we could do that. Um, I appreciate you. Every contribution, every listener, everyone who's ever shared anything um, over these last two years. Look, man, I made it 115 episodes and hadn't hadn't taken a break. So this feels good. I'm not going to lie. It feels good to be able to kind of just take a deep breath and chill. But I'm going to miss y'all. Please stay in touch. Hit me up on Instagram at Mr. Bellwether. M-R underscore B-E-L-L-W-E-T-H-E-R. Mr. Bellwether. Um, I haven't been on Facebook in months. I made like one or two posts. So you can hit me up there if you want to. But other than that, I love y'all. Yeah. Inspire guys, people, baby. This is what we do. People, thank you so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed what you heard, subscribe at Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That way you can hear the show every single week. Also, you can find us at inspireguyspeople.com. Hit the drop-down box and select podcast. Yo, email me, jermainewilsonmusic at gmail.com. Tell me what you think about the show. What type of topics and interviews do you want to hear next? And always remember, if you don't like me, just act like you like me. If you're looking for me, I'll be in my own world. Create for the creator when I'm in my own world. I surf below the surface. It's layers to my purpose. Inspire God's people when I'm in my own world. Look in the sky, there ain't no stars in it. The art is all natural and authentic. Rivers of love, we swimming for us. We can't drown if we fall in it. If you're looking for me, I'll be in my own world. Create for the creator when I'm in my own world. I surf below the surface. It's layers to my purpose. Inspire guys, people when I'm in my own world.